It's another episode of Show Me Your Playlist, the podcast where I have guests come on each week and they make me a playlist and they talk about the cool things that they're doing. This week, I got to sit down and talk to Taylor Kelly, my wonderful roommate, as you all know, if you've been listening, and we got to talk about her newest single, Taco Night. She released this this past Friday, is Memorial Day weekend, and this past weekend was Taylor and I's last full weekend as a family, her, myself, and Harley. I'm really proud of her, and I met her two years ago, and I, I know I say it a lot, and I mean it. She inspires me and motivates me and is, and I thank the universe all the time that we are friends. And I'm really looking forward to the next chapter, which means moving back to South Philly. So I did this crazy thing this past week and I put in my two weeks notice at my full-time day job and it was nerve wracking. And I have am very thankful and am full of gratitude for the opportunity that my uh, employer gave me here in Philly. Uh, it was a job that made me learn a lot about an industry that I was kind of eager to learn about in development and real estate. And then I kind of just realized that I... I'm always going to be a creative and I really love marketing and I love client facing positions that I get to interact. I have a podcast where I interview people. Uh, So I've been working kind of part time as a production manager with uh, Ben Banks of Danger Visual. Uh, If you need stickers or T-shirts printed or merch printed, uh, you should contact me. Um, or just hit up, go to Danger Visual on Instagram. Uh, He is a wizard at graphic design and puts out some cool products, and I'm excited to work with him. And I got a great opportunity from the salon, architect salon, that I first started here in Philadelphia to go back. And I went in on Saturday, and I got to see the new people and see old, familiar, friendly faces, and it made me so excited to get back into the salon industry again. Now that I'm a little bit more grounded and I have a lot more outlets here in Philly, I feel like that's the perfect fit. It's not a standard Monday through Friday. It's a little bit of everything. One of the main reasons why I created this podcast was to create a platform where people who kind of have these internal struggles of which path that they should go down and uh, there's no life escalator. You're not constantly having to hit these. You're not having to hit these levels of where you need to be in life and there's no, no guidelines to that and it took me a really long time to figure it out. It took me into my 30s my until I hit 31 and realized that like I played it safe for way too long even with moving around um, and I allowed myself to stay timid and I refused. I want to experience things. I want to I want to talk to people who are doing very passionate things uh, of all different backgrounds. Talking about that, Taylor and I, uh, we kind of knew this was going to be our last weekend and uh, Friday just so happened to work out where we kind of both were free and it was feeling a lot of emotion and we just didn't want to be in our house and we went to Front Street Cafe. Kind of plans were all over the place and she invited me to go out with her friends uh, to see this one woman show and I we just had a very weird kind of all over the choose your own adventure and we saw this one woman show on toxic masculinity and uh, gaslighting type relationships and I definitely had someone's fingers in my mouth that were not mine it's a whole story but it was in this really cool place in Center City in Rittenhouse I guess I think it was like 19th and Spruce it's play and players club never been there before but just that's As small as Philly can be sometimes, it's always surprising you with little 
doorways and entries to new things that you might have not uh, experienced before. And that's why, again, I do this podcast is that I love to create a platform of all these really cool things. And I am looking forward to actually having an interview, hopefully with Sarah, who did this one woman show yeah, and talk to her about how she created it. It was it was so great. Yeah, I am really I'm not going to try to go on too much of a rant even though I'm probably already at that good point. Taylor has a music video coming out for Taco Night. Uh that has not been released and she's working on promoting that in the near future and I'm really looking forward to how she promotes it because I gave her a killer idea and if we can execute it and it all works out well it will be legit really funny. Everything she does is very thought out on her and she owns her craft and she handles it with care and she and the people that she brings on board with her are these really good-hearted amazingly talented people and it shines through her music and her performance and if you ever have the chance to see her uh, you should and you should be following her on Spotify she deserves all the success in the world and I'm very very grateful to call her a friend very grateful for uh meeting her because I don't think I would be doing half the weird, crazy, empowered shit that I do half most of the time um, if it wasn't for her encouragement. So make sure to check her out and make sure you follow me on Instagram at show me your playlist. I have an art show June 7th at Original 13 Cider Works. Do not miss it. Shoot the Messenger Band will be playing. Emo Spacebird, Aaron, they are this electric, ukulele, funky project that I am so stoked to hear. I have a bunch of artists submitting artwork, uh, and I'm trying to go out with a bang. My au revoir to Kensington and heading to South Philly, taking a couple months off. Hopefully, uh, I have Camp Candles release show August 23rd, so I want to make new art for that. And I have that same weekend something really awesome in the works that um, will be getting announced later, so I will be sharing that with all of you. But I want to make sure that I am prepping for this event that's about to come up. Um, Vaguing at its finest, but you're welcome. So rate, review, subscribe, share, come to the art show. If you have suggestions, if you have music that you want to send my way, email is showmeyourplaylist at gmail.com. And I will see you next week. Show me your playlist, bedroom edition! Last time we were here, we were talking about, you were just releasing J-W-Y-T-K. I'm never yeah. gonna... Oh, you did it. Oh, I did. Yeah. <laughs> did it. Oh, I should just mention that I have Taylor Kelly <laughs> on the... I was waiting for that. I was like, like is this just a warm-up or... Nope. It, I mean, gonna... I guess it could be a warm-up at this point. I can edit however I damn well please. I have Taylor Kelly. We are in her bedroom in our house together. We are going to uh, record this sweet podcast. Definitely eat an edible cookie. (laughs) (laughs) So welcome, Taylor. (laughs) Thank you. I'm currently sitting on my bed. I feel like I feel very much at home right now. Yeah, I wonder why. We are ge- we're gearing up for a move. Are you excited for your move into your new apartment? I am so many things, but excited is definitely one of them. Yeah, you get a really rad little studio apartment. Yeah, with a prin- a princess lofted bed. Is that what they're called? That's what I call it. <laughs> <laughs> I should know these things. Because I'm a princess, bitch. <laughs> How many times are you going to play new apartment? by Ari Lennox. So many times. I think I've listened to it every time I've gone over there just to like be in the space. Is your pussy going to be popping out? Oh yeah. All the time. Pop my woo-ha in the sky. Nobody here to judge me. There we go. I wanted to have you on not only because you're my wonderful roommate because you are a 
beautifully talented musician artist in the Philly uh, area now, but you weren't always in Philly. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Rochester, New York. Went to Berklee College of Music in Boston, which is where I was living for five years right before I moved to Philly. And what made you decide that you wanted to move to Philly? Um, It's just another reason why you should never plan for anything, because this was (laughs) never in my plan. Um, My roommate, my last roommate in Boston, asked me to audition for The Voice in Philly, because her girlfriend, who is now her wife, was living there. And uh, so we went up for the weekend, and it was just a very instantaneous love affair with Philly. I remember driving into South Philly and being feeling really mystified and thinking that I was on, like, the set of Sesame Street because, like, all the houses were just so peculiar and, like, small and close together. And I was like, where am I right now? And I just really, really fell in love with the city, so... Was this your first, was that your first time ever in Philly? That was my first time in Philly. And that was the only time I was in Philly before I found a job and a place to live in Philly. <laughs> you just decided right then and there? Yep. Like, this I is- was like, I got back to Boston and I was like, I have been, I would have been looking for an excuse to leave for a while. Um, and then I found Philly. So I was like, that's it. I'm not turning back. How did the Boston music scene and Philly music scene differ? Uh, I mean, I learned a lot. I wouldn't be doing anything that I'm doing now. I feel like I, I, I really found my artistry and like honed in on that, on my creativity in Boston. Um, there's a, there was a lot of resources there. I think it's, it's really good to, to, to learn there Mm -hmm. and to grow there. Um, especially like in your college years, because it is such a college city and there are so many music schools and like Mm -hmm. good music programs in boston but it's very much a transient city and i feel like the people are kind of like that too like no one's really committed to Mm -hmm. i mean i I can't speak for everybody because there are a lot of bands that came out of boston that are still there and are really really succeeding but as far as like really forming relationships with other musicians i just felt like I never felt a commitment to myself even yeah. or even like to my music. And I didn't feel like anyone ever really had a commitment to me or my music either. So it was really hard for me to like really believe in myself and push myself and, and, and do what I, what I really wanted to do because, um, there was a lot of doubt and, um, and it just, it didn't feel as natural as, as Philly. Philly I, I kind of welcomed me with open arms and, and everyone's really in it for the music and for the art of it. And, um, the relationships I formed here and the, the musical relationships I formed here have been like, unlike anything I've ever experienced. Were you, cause you're a vocalist now. Did you go into Berkeley as a vocalist? Yeah. So it's kind of cool. Cause in Boston, some people thought that I was a trumpet player and others thought knew me as a vocalist. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually I feel like I was more highly respected because I was an instrumentalist, which was good and bad because being a vocalist and a female at Berkeley was like the lowest ring. It was like oh, the lowest okay. on the pyramid. So, um, it was kind of shitty that people like people either thought I played trumpet and that was my instrument and they were like, Oh cool. She's a musician. Like she knows what she's doing. Yeah. And then other people who like knew me as a vocalist and then found out I played trumpet were like, Oh, okay. So she, she knows she's, she, she's an actual musician. And like, that was shitty because like, I don't have to be a musician. I don't have to play an instrument to be a musician. You know, like I still really prided myself on, you know, taking classes that were really going to help my musicianship. And, and, and I felt like I kind of knew what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I did come into the school as a vocalist, but I took a lot of classes on trumpet as well. Um, cause that was definitely more of a challenge for me. Um, so yeah. Do you ever regret actually graduating? (laughs) Cause most people might think that's a fucked up question to ask, but everyone who goes to Berkeley who drops out like blows up. Yeah, they say the that curse. The curse. curse is like, uh, you know, if you actually graduate from Berkeley, you're not going to succeed. But I think that's a hunk of bullshit. I mean, there, I think, you know, obviously there's there's a bit of I don't know. I'm a little superstitious about it, but <laughs> um, but no, I think it was really important to me to graduate, and I think it's even 
greater to graduate from a school like that because the dropout rate is so high Mm -hmm. and it is hard for people to stay in school for a lot of reasons and a lot of the reasons are really valid um it's a very expensive school because there's so many resources and so much talent there people get opportunities and decide that like i'm gonna do this because i i have my wings now i can fly and like and good for them because they're doing really well um but other people are just like, I don't want to study music. Mm-hmm. I want to just be, I just want to play music and I want to like immerse myself in these opportunities without having an education. And that works too. You know, it's, it's not for everybody. I think Berkeley brings in a lot of artist type people that aren't necessarily academics. Yeah. So it's like, it's hard. It's hard for a lot of people to stay in school um, like that, especially with, with the community like Berkeley and an environment that Berkeley kind of, um, brings to you which is like you need to balance real life with school like it's not like a conservatory where you're like really focused in school like your teachers and in your like everyone's very much encouraging you to get out and be a musician and like experience yeah experience real things and that's what i love about that school it taught me a lot about balance it taught me to like focus less on my on academia because i am i was such a perfectionist at that time i've kind of gotten a little i've eased up a little bit (laughs) um but like i was like an a student in school you know up until college up until berkeley i think i got my first d at berkeley and i just stopped giving a fuck because i'm like i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing i'm still gonna graduate with a degree and like it doesn't matter if i have valedictory honors or whatever like i'm gonna have a degree and i'm gonna have the experience that i need and that's gonna be more valuable than having straight A's. So did you release any solo music while at Berkeley or did it come after you graduated? Yeah. So I started, I didn't start writing my own music until I got to Berkeley. And I think taking, going against what I just said, taking those classes actually helped me start writing um i think like for me i needed to know enough about music to like feel like i could delve into that i'm i feel like i'm i'm very very right brain but there's definitely like a left brain part of me that needs to be like you know like has reason and logic and like you know likes things to make sense scientifically Mm -hmm. mathematically whatever so like for me i i felt like i was creative but i was also using things that i was learning in school like it was kind of like it, you know, figuring out an equation, Trial and error yeah, and, that kind yeah. of thing. So, um, so yeah, I uh, I met my mentor at Berkeley pretty early on, Jonah Francese. He's still one of my best friends to this day. We love Jonah. We do love Jonah. Um, he's a crazy prodigy man, um, crazy composer, arranger, and he gave me my first playing opportunity at Berkeley. I started playing trumpet in his big band, Mm -hmm. and then he heard my, I started writing music in my, like, second semester, and, and that wasn't just from being, taking classes. It was also, like, from being around people that were constantly inspiring me and making music, and it was, like, I finally had this, like, this chance. Yeah, this network and this, like, avenue to just, like, create um and so i started doing that and jonah really believed in my music so he started arranging my music for an eight nine piece band because he had an 18 piece band so you know i feel like that's where his head goes Mm is like let's just see how many people we can write a song for you know and then he's the person who got uh, like so i got my band together it was mostly people that were i came in with at berkeley that i had classes with um i think Jonah helped me find a couple people like in the horn section. He was playing trumpet with me at the time. And then he got us to get in the studio uh, in 2012. It was, so it was a year after I had started at Berkeley. We got in the studio and recorded my first album. So we released that on my birthday, my 21st birthday, I think. My oh, 21st really? birthday in 2013. So July 19th, 2013. And that project was called In the Meantime. Um, uh, and then after that, I re- released... Um, Two more projects, Change of the Weather in 2015 and Do You Feel Me in 2017. And now the next one, Up, Up, and Away, releases this summer. Was that your trajectory going to Berkeley? Yeah, so I mean, I definitely wanted to be a vocalist. I didn't really know, I didn't really anticipate becoming a songwriter and a band leader. Um, It's, you know, I always knew music was going to be what I wanted to do, was what I wanted to do with my life. I think it was up until my senior year of high school, I really wanted to be, be involved in musical theater mm-hmm. i applied to a bunch of schools f- to to do their uh to audition for their musical theater programs and it wasn't until uh like a couple months into my senior year my 
jazz band director told me to sing in a jazz band rehearsal and from that moment on i was like i want to sing jazz Mm -hmm. so going to berkeley i was like i'm going to be a jazz singer like i said i wasn't anticipating writing i was anticipating like really kind of honing this this sound this like you know obviously like i still hold jazz very near and dear to my heart and there's still a lot of jazz qualities in my voice but i feel like i'm very much like an r&b soul yeah artist so um and that's come a long way too i think that i'm still developing as an artist but oh for sure but yeah berkeley did a lot for me and was full of surprises um yeah it's crazy to think that i have almost four albums under my belt it's just interesting how you were like dead set on musical theater and then it just kind of like went to jazz and then from jazz it was like you know this is another outlet and you still like work towards it it just ends up bringing you yeah it turned me yeah just like brought me down a new a new road just opened up a new door but it's just like you know there's so many instances in my life where i've learned to not plan for anything you know oh yeah because it's just like i think generally i know what i want but like you just like never know what's gonna happen i mean sometimes yeah exactly you might meet a different person that you like their sound so you kind of like morph a new your sound into their sound yeah there's we're constantly evolving Mm -hmm. constantly developing Leading up to your new album, Up, Up, and Away, uh, can you see an evolution in each album? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, Even in the arrangements alone, um, in my sound, uh, stylistically, it's definitely evolving to become more R&B with each record. Um, But I think... I still write about the same shit you know i'm still very much inspired by love and loss and and anything that kind of gets me out of a rut mm-hmm. um i feel like i can say that this album is definitely darker than the last few um because i just feel like as we get older we're definitely more in tune with our emotions yeah and, and our feeling. surroundings and it's it's a lot deeper it's a lot heavier so you can definitely feel that in this album and i started writing songs that didn't necessarily have a happy ending and like historically speaking my songs have been like everything's shit but everything's gonna be okay you know i mean obviously not like that but a lot of my songs were like me going through something and it kind of i kind of got myself out of it by the end of the song um and like kind of had this revelation but then i got to that's like a reflection of your writing process in general is that by writing you're like finding peace with whatever you're battling definitely and i'm so grateful for that that form of expression because i mean there have been times where i feel like i'm not processing how i'm feeling at all Mm -hmm. and i'll just start writing and it'll just go and go and go and i generally start with um i know this is one of your questions um um, no go right okay uh so you know sometimes i'll feel inspired to just like write and sometimes i'm not even i don't even have the intention to write a song but i just start writing my stream of consciousness or like something that happened that day or something that i'm that's on my mind or like just a line or a couple few words that are like on my mind that like i can't get out um and sometimes those will turn into songs um but like you know a lot of the time i'll start out lyrically and like i said in previous albums i've kind of gotten myself through that like through things that i'm experiencing by like writing about them kind of feeling them out um but you know i I think i have as we get older like we don't have a lot of answers Mm -hmm. and it's okay to not be okay and i think i had i'm still a very positive optimistic person but i think that there are times where i'm just like this is just how i feel right now and i might not feel i might not have an answer right now and i might not get out of this dark place yeah right now so, so is that what a lot of up up and away is like there is no happy ending yet exactly so there are a few songs that are just dark all the mm-hmm. way through and one of the darkest songs on the album is tell me yeah and it's about me being completely lost after being out of my first adult relationship i consider it as and you were there for all of that i was and it's funny because the song is very upbeat and it's probably the danciest on the album it's ironic i mean it's it's funny it's yeah. a, it's, it's, it's cool a ironic it's a happy yeah. like dancey kind of sound mm-hmm. with like really hard lyrics i think uh subconsciously my biggest influence for that is stevie wonder mm-hmm. i think he's always always written about really important shit some much heavier things than yeah. others but he always grooves through it and it's always like 
you want to dance to everything he does and some of the songs are so dark and you just you know you don't even think about it it makes you stop and think yeah deal with heaviness with a little bit of lightness you know are you a big uh journaler or writer in general yeah i mean i try to write in my journal every day if i feel like anxious or just kind of like i have this energy that i don't know what to do with um i mean i try to write every day but it's it's my biggest remedy is like okay it's the best way to like really feel how i'm feeling and Mm -hmm. to process that and um so yeah i've gone through probably seven journals since i've met you (laughs) oh i know um (laughs) i'm everyone i know the answers to all these questions that i ask her (laughs) but everyone else should know the taylor that i get to know what were a lot of the songs on do you feel me about and then what are a lot of the songs on up up and away uh definitely like about men (laughs) (laughs) about situations that haven't worked out in my favor but i shouldn't say that because or relationships yeah everything has always worked out in my favor because i've learned something from everything and there are reasons that things don't work out (laughs) so I'm looking up Do You Feel Me right now because I can't think of the songs that are on the EP right now. Okay, yeah, so Do You Feel Me is actually quite light. It's the complete opposite of... It's also produced very much like a pop record. It is. that. What's the song that has um, the whiskey? The Don't Have to Make You Mine. Yeah. Yeah, this one's really fun. It's it's a little bit sexy. It's um, Ain't No Secret. that We open up with like this kind of like... We, there's just this bass line mm-hmm. and like a shaker and it's like it's already setting the the sex the sex vibes and um that is basically like hey i'm super into you and it's like kind of like tell me where it's like really light and like dancey um and then it goes into don't have to make you mine which was about a guy that i had a crush on and i knew he didn't want anything with me but i was so attracted to him um, that I was like, okay, I don't have to tell you that I have feelings for you. We can just fuck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I just want. So it's like, literally the chorus is, uh, I don't have to make you mine. If you just put your lips on mine, we can do the bump and grind. Something like it that. Is, it, yeah, I can't even remember my own words right now. Um, I think the most serious song on that record is Do You Feel Me, the title track. And that's still, to this day, one of my favorite songs to play live the so- one of the songs that I feel the most connected to, one of the songs that people that listen to it feel the most connected to, mm-hmm. especially other artists, um, because I wrote it at, from a very frustrated place of being a musician and like not really having a, this sense of normalcy that like people in other careers may have, and just feeling like okay, you know, sometimes we're treated like second class citizens, like we're not taken seriously, and other times we're treated like superhumans, you yeah. know, like these like, oh my gosh, you play music? Yeah. People. It's like yeah. exactly and it it's really alienating sometimes. So I wrote this song and this was one of those songs where I started writing it and uh I had one line in my head. I'm pretty sure it was sometimes I wonder if you ever feel the way I feel. Uh, I think it might have just been that that first line of the song, and I just kept saying it over and over again in my head, walking home. Um, I was li- when I was living in Boston, and I got down on my keyboard and I just started writing, and it was like me basically just doubting everything, like I just basically kind of feeling alone and feeling really tried and tested. And then by the end, I'm like, okay, I know why I do this because I write these songs, and you actually feel me, like oh, yeah. you understand me, like you are relating to me, like I'm, I'm, I'm the voice for so many people, and it's like it connects so many people, you know, my music connects so many people, music in general connects so many people. So I'm like, okay, this is why I do it. And I think, do you feel me? I know that a lot of musicians can feel that because the context is music, right? Mm -hmm. But it mirrors a lot with anyone who's creative or passionate about something and just constantly feeling like you are looked down upon because you don't have what everyone thinks you're supposed to have exactly i wanted to know what are some of your memorable moments so far as a musician honestly a lot a lot of them have been since i've moved to philly Mm -hmm. and i think it's just because i've gotten to a different place in my musician in my music career where like i'm finally putting it first so you know the times where like things are really memorable they're more more memorable now because i'm just like feeling it yeah Yeah, i'm experiencing it firsthand i'm really feeling it i'm really involved in myself Mm -hmm. and my music um 
so you get to enjoy it that's the exactly thing, is that, yeah like, you're not teaching all the time and you're not mm-hmm. and i'm not yeah, yeah exactly so i'm like really investing in myself so it's like, that much more rewarding when something awesome happens um i mean the first awesome thing that happened to me was i think it was after after my first year of living in philly i world cafe live reached out to me and asked me if i wanted to open up for moonchild yeah <laughs> and they were my favorite band at the time and they're still in my top five they're they've been a huge influence on my writing specifically my second album change of the weather and that was like I will remember that for the rest of my life, you know? Like, that was huge for me. It was a pretty epic weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, that was Thanksgiving weekend. My family was in town. We had fucking Wegmans catered Thanksgiving on our South Philly living room floor. It was amazing. My dad almost burned the house down. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wegmans don't put their containers in an oven up against the wall nope. in, like, a 400-degree oven. Yep. Uh, Gotta play it one, safe. <laughs> Um, but either, I mean, that was memorable, uh, you know, that transcended beyond my musical experience, mm-hmm. you know, that, that really was defining for me, um, a defining moment for me that Philly is home to me now. And I feel so wide, like accepted and loved here and supported here. A, a couple other quick memorable moments were, um, the apartment sessions. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have a couple friends based in Brooklyn that I went to Berkeley with that I'm saying this for the people that run this, um, um, I don't want to call, I guess it's an organization, but basically they just arrange these songs for like a 40 piece fucking orchestra and they cram into this little Brooklyn apartment. So cool. And they've been doing such cool things. They went to Iceland for a couple the weeks. The Iceland videos yeah. are unreal mm-hmm. because they took it outside. Yep. They had like solar powered equipment yeah. and like we're in caves and mountainsides yeah it was it was so cool to yeah. watch that but it was cool i was so flattered when they asked to do do you feel me mm-hmm. and we did it at my trombonist mike's house old house old house in south philly and there was just like 30 to 40 musicians crammed into this house and they you know the guys of apartment session luke and drew they actually arranged my song for that many people and it was just I never thought I'd experience anything like that. And I'm not sure I will ever again. Cause even like famous musicians don't always get to perform with no. orchestras like that. You know, no. that was, that was absolutely like, that was mind blowing. That was life changing. Um, so salt and pepper is not going on. Oh that. shit. No. <laughs> that no, that was a big moment, but in Boston. Yeah. But it wasn't with my own band. Yeah. I, I was in a Jay-Z Beyonce cover band. I am Tayonce still, even though we haven't played a show in over, two years two or three years um but yeah we did uh we did open for salt and pepper at this uh barbecue festival in a city like the city hall plaza in boston and that was pretty pretty fucking wild it just goes to show you that like having these big names and and these like like that doesn't mean anything to yeah. me you know like obviously moonshot opening from moonchild meant a lot to me because you were so excited. Yeah, and I and I earned that, you yeah. know? It was like I've it was like they wanted me to play my music to share an evening with one of my f- most influential bands. Mm-hmm. Like and it was such a beautiful evening. It was so much more that kind of just sparked your relationship too with World Cafe Live. And, exactly. And yeah. they've been so good to me and I've been so grateful. Um but yeah, I can't undermine the fact that opening up for Salt and Pepper as Tayonce wasn't fucking badass. Right. I I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. So did you have any other? I played my first show, um, headlining show where it was like basically a packed house and uh, they chanted at me to do an encore. Yeah. It was the just want you to know. Single release show. Uh, Single release Mm -hmm, show. At Bourbon and Branch. And uh, it was insane. That honestly was probably the biggest moment for me, the most memorable, because that was me, you know, that was like all you and yeah i mean we had a great bill and like i couldn't have done it without sophie and without um Bartiz, but but yeah it was just cool to like put all that work in and like actually ha- and have that turnout and have that kind of love and support and those are the moments that like remind me why i'm doing this you know so that was definitely definitely very memorable well talking about that mm-hmm. what are some of your uh favorite philly musicians that are coming out I actually wrote a few down because I didn't want to miss anyone. Obviously, I'm very heavily influenced by Philly music in general because there's so many inspiring things happening, so many amazing sounds. 
Um, I would say the people that are like really doing something different that like just capture me and just completely, um, I'm just completely invested when, when they're on stage and when I'm at their show is Kingsley Ibaniche. He's amazing. Um, World Cafe Live put together a show with the two of us on a bill last March and he is just all encom- an all-encompassing artist. He's doing something that nobody else is doing. He's encompassing um, dance and just like atmos- atmosphere and mm-hmm. just like you-, you can feel his culture and his whole being when he's performing and his music is so interesting. It's, 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 it pulls you in. Yeah, it's a total sonic like just like I don't even want to say theatrical, but like a, it's just, it's an experience. It's, a, yeah. it's really an experience. And, and he's so genuine and it's just so refreshing. refreshing. Yeah. yeah. It's really refreshing. And then the other band, just white girl moment. Yeah. <laughs> refreshing. It's refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> the other band that I'm like really floored by every time they play and they need to take over the world right now is Johnny showcase. Oh, they're the, so fun. They're looking. just amazing. But other than that, um, I'm one of my favorite musicians in the city that's making the music that uh, that I feel like I just relate to and like vibe with the most is Sean Markey. Yeah. Shoot the Messenger. That's because he sounds just like Radiohead. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely got some heavy Radiohead influence. And that's a lot of thanks to me because I showed him Radiohead. And that's probably why I love it so much. But I just, it's, and also it's just like, I feel like. It's cra- every show I go to, it's like a whole new experience, you know, mm-hmm. like he's constantly growing and evolving and he's such a prolific writer. Like everything he writes is just so beautifully done, so poetic, so poignant. It's like, and, and, and the music is just so complimenting of his lyricism. He's an unreal musician. He's unreal. And I can't wait to see like what else he does because I'm just, I'm so moved by everything that he does, mm-hmm. but I just, I really fucking love his music. And then the last two artists I want to give a shout out to is Rachel Andy and Sophie Corin because their music is amazing and they're both playing on my album release show in August and so it's like woman power women empowering women yes yes bitch (laughs) sorry the cookie's wearing off now (laughs) (laughs) that was such a woman thing to do to apologize after that after being unapologetically you you know so I saw this really cool thing actually and I wanted to do it just because like you and I are really close friends and this making a podcast is like having a time capsule like i get to open it up and i was watch um i was watching these videos with uh with billy ellish what would you tell future taylor next year at this time like everything that you're learning and feeling think about it next june it's either renewing that lease bitch or finding your next move i think i just like it's really easy to feel tired and 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 want to give up even though at the end of the day I really don't have a choice cuz I just feel like it's just in me to do this but just that it's worth it, you know? Like all the time and the money that I can invest in this is is worth it cuz really what else is there, mm-hmm. you know? So we don't know how long we're going to be on this earth for. Exactly. It's true. <laughs> That's the idea, is to disconnect and know that we're temporary, but like find beauty in that. And not, and not be completely depressed depressed by it. So we are going to talk about in the hype of all new music being released from Taylor and the new music that's about to come out, uh, I had you put together a playlist of fresh finds. But before going into it, I wanted to talk about Taco Night. Okay, so it's been out for a couple days, uh, hopefully blowing up that Spotify. Yeah, it's actually kind of funny because it doesn't sound like something that you would take seriously. Um, <laughs> it was a placeholder title that I just never changed, and I feel like that's most of my songs. But um, this one just happened to be sound sound a lot more like a placeholder name. Um, so I wrote this after recently leaving a relationship and feeling very fucking lost, and I went to Dollar Taco Night with my friends at Loco Pez, and I got drunk. And then I got home and I started writing sloppily <laughs> and trying to process my feelings of feeling lost and totally uprooted. And, um, yeah, I want to, I just want to mention that the relationship I was in was basically the foundation of my Philly experience mm-hmm. because I met him before I officially moved to Philly and we started dating before I moved to Philly and he's not why I moved to Philly. 
was already planning on moving to Philly, but I had like gone to visit just to make sure I still liked it after already finding a place and a job and ended up moving a few months later. But anyway, so, you know, getting out of that relationship was really hard because a lot of what Philly was to me was him, you know? And so definitely was a very uprooting feeling, very uncomfortable and unsettling. So taco night was just me kind of navigating that, um, um, a lot of it doesn't even make sense because it was just like a bunch of rants. Yeah. It was just like, you know, stream of consciousness, like my drunk self, you know? Um, but it also had a lot to do with how alcohol does not help. No. <laughs> so I was just drunk it. writing about how fucking drinking sucks because it doesn't do anything for you and you use it as a crutch just to make things worse. And it just makes you sad this yep. morning. Yep. And volatile. Or almost immediately. Or- I'm definitely a sad drunk sometimes. <laughs> definitely it's dangerous it is you got to be in the right headspace to drink and most people aren't so we're gonna play taco night and then we're gonna come back and talk about uh your playlist okay sweet hey how are you i'm just you know i'm just hanging out nice to meet you though i'm like who would have thought I'd be alone tonight? Drunk with all of my thoughts. Thought you'd be the one to shine a light and show me the I just wanted tacos And it's Tuesday I had a bad day And it's a new day And they're a dollar And I don't know if it's emotional or physical But I know before I met you I was miserable I may need your touch cause it's been a while Now I got a taco with a side of Tito's and a smile Good God baby, life's been hard lately Going through some heartache and trying to shake it off daily Every day's been the same, no difference The liquid been the bane of my existence I wake up, chain smoke, thinking I wonder when the pain gon' kick in And I ain't wanna make it all about me, I just better But think I did a dick cause I'm already feeling better I don't know what went wrong with this liquor ain't helping at all And here I am alone and
So we're doing fresh finds, uh, some sweet new music. What do you look for in new music? Vibes. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm definitely into, like, the new soul movement, R&B mm. movement. Um, Give a me lot that of alternative R&B. Yeah, there's just a lot of people coming out with a lot of real shit. Okay. It's always, like, even better when it's, like, groove and, like, intense lyricism. Mm-hmm. Like, Jamila Woods is just, like on another level but we have this split where i think the first like four songs are like just speak everything to me and then you're like the last half of her yeah yeah i say like sonia on is Mm -hmm. like really resonate with me but i mean the whole album is a masterpiece but as soon as i come in you put eartha on here i well i love that because it's based off earth kit yeah and like she has the whole like the at the end it's like who's gonna share my love for me with me and it over and over again it's just so yeah it's just so in, intense it's like so moving summer walker and drake girls need love yeah i don't care too much for drake but the um <laughs> but i really just like so summer walker i mean spotify shows me a lot of music that like mm-hmm. i wouldn't otherwise here and summer walker was one of those artists for me um i listened to a lot of similar music so they were like hey you might like this and that one i liked i love the message you know it's like girls uh aren't supposed to want sex yeah and like we're not supposed to say no or we're not supposed to say you know just like you know i don't know it's just like a really um we can't be sexual we can't be forward yeah you know like and like we can't say we need love and it's like or we're needy you know and so that really really resonated with me and she's just dope it's like all these dope artists that are like i think like really respectable people you know they're just chilling they're so in their power they're just like yeah i'm just doing my thing but then their lyrics are like just intense and super forward and it's like okay if these women can talk about these things why can't why can't i feel that way or why can't like why can't we like other women why can't men just listen to the song and understand and digest that women think these right things? right and i listen to these these women artists that i that i admire so much and and they're so needy in their lyricism and it's like okay yeah yeah i'm fucking needy too and it's like needy is not a bad thing you know it's like we have fucking needs and we're expressing them and they're expressing them the best way they know how and in the most relatable way and with an intense groove and like it's it's cool it's just really cool oh you put love another jeanette king i keep telling everyone on here to listen to that whole ep just like is written for me if you want a breakup playlist you put jeanette king (laughs) (laughs) if you want to dance and cry at the same time and not know why (laughs) (laughs) jeanette king is a dope ass artist out of montreal and i'm privileged enough to play with her in montreal when i'm on tour in august and she just played in philly so you guys missed her but don't miss her next time. Don't sleep on Jeanette Do King. Do not miss her. Uh, Ari Lennox FaceTime is uh, the reason why you chose FaceTime. So we've been playing Ari Lennox and Jamila Woods albums. Not I've been alternating between those two albums for the last week and a half, two weeks, or two however weeks, long. Yeah, I mean, two weeks. Um, Ari Lennox came out, came out yeah. a little bit before uh, Jamila's, but um, I just love how Ari just doesn't give a fuck. Like she literally just talks about sex so openly, and she mm-hmm. talks about what she wants and how she's gonna get it and she has so much swag and i love that she's the only woman signed to dreamville but facetime i picked that one because that one as soon as the beat drops i'm just like i feel it in my whole body like i mean i i feel do that you do, do you do the tay nasty face right off definitely the yeah <laughs> but that one is like that one's the sexiest song to me and it's like I just like I feel myself the most. I mean, the whole album like gets me feeling myself. But that song, as soon as that song gets there, I'm like at a whole another level, unlike paralleled confidence in that song where she's just like, "Bet you want a cop a feel. Bet you wonder if it's real." Talking about uh, women who are unapologetically telling people what they want and what they need. You have my girl Lizzo. (laughs) Fuck yes taking the world by storm this woman is changing the music industry there was two weeks where we just constantly came home 
and just danced every time we were home. You honestly can't listen to a Lizzo song and not feel good. Right? Like, it's Church of Lizzo. Like, you just put it on and oh, you just... It's, yeah, it's spiritual as fuck. Mm-hmm. You're just like, this is me. I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks. It's therapy. <laughs> it is therapy. Lizzo is therapy and... It's better than a bath, better than a drink. It is Lizzo self-care. Yeah. Lizzo herself is hashtag self-care at this point. We have some Billie Eilish. I love you. She is a force, man. She's 17 years old. I can't even fathom, like, how much, like, how it is to be that talented and that polished at that age. Yeah. And her music, she's changed. I bet she doesn't think she's as polished as we all think that No, she is. and that's the best part, because she's genuinely just making music that is so her, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like really really her and uh, her music is so moving her voice is just bone chilling mm-hmm. and the production it's just like I love she's that her changing pop music too and that they write music together that makes it so much mm-hmm. that it's like not more just meaningful giving her music or right. telling her like they're collaborating yeah it's just like in the blood it's in their blood mm-hmm. yeah she's she amazes me i i will never get sick of that album that is one of the best albums of 2019 if not the best album of 2019 it's so artistically done poetic well yeah it's artistically poetic that she's so young and has all these intense feelings and can articulate that perplexes me not perplexes me that amazes me the most is like that she's able to write about these things Mm -hmm. and and she has such a darkness about her and it's a genuine like it's genuinely felt yeah like these things are just organically coming Mm -hmm. out of her and that and you can feel that that to me is the most amazing thing is that it doesn't seem forced or phony no she's not like trying to sound like any one thing it's Mm -hmm. like this is just who she is and you can and you can really 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 feel that was there any reason for i love you because that song is the most ruining (laughs) it's gorgeous it's 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 terrifying it's like terrifyingly beautiful and i actually read uh online that she that's her favorite song she's ever written oh really? it was like her her like like my do you feel me for her oh cool. it was like it came out of her just like really organically and it's like the the song that she feels the most connected to and like that's why i love learning about writing yes. processes as mm-hmm. a non-musician because you can others. feel that yeah. you know like as soon as like that song is definitely my favorite on the on the that whole album so it kind of goes into like really powerful like strong you know motivated music and then i start listening to this playlist and she hits me with the ben platt (laughs) grow as we go so everyone ben platt for people who aren't in like a musical theater musical world ben platt is the dude from uh dear heaven hansen See, I didn't even know that. I oh. Pitch Perfect. I was going to say, oh. he was in Pitch Perfect. He was, one, he was the, like, guy that they kept not letting into the acapella group. Like, were very hesitant. See, I didn't even him. know that. Yeah. But Dear Evan Hansen is his, that's, like, his biggest role. Oh, on, really? Yeah, he's in the original Broadway cast. He plays a lead role in Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah, his stuff just, like, really st- stuck with me. Like, uh, he's just a tremendous artist, and um, I'm always refreshed when I see these, like, modern uh broadway people and musical theater people that have such a high level of musicianship Mm -hmm. and like such a like i love musical theater artists because they're so deep and And like detailed yes exactly and like i I really found that song i think i like watched the music video of it and it ruined me it ruined everyone that night you like showed it to me and then i showed it to someone else and i was just like this fucking thing oh i showed it to anthony as soon as i sent it i was like (laughs) This is going to fuck us up. Yeah, if you want to cry, listen to Grow As We Go by Ben Platt. And, and watch, watch the, the video. video because yeah. there's two ballet dancers who are like basically dancing to the song and all their movements yeah. coordinate with the lyrics. Yeah. But as we were talking earlier, it's kind of a... It, it suits you. It's like songs like music at your highest and music for your lowest. Yeah, my high highs and my low lows. So I love music that makes me dance and music that makes me fucking want to die. Mm-hmm. And I mean, well... But not even that. It's just like, I, I like things that move me, you know? And I think... Whether... Whether it like moves me in a positive way or moves me in a... Not a negative yeah, way. Yeah, it's not a negative like, way, but a way that makes me... you in a very dark 
yeah moment well because it's songs like it's because i feel those things mm-hmm. and i'm relating to those things so it's like when someone writes about something that i've felt it's like oh shit i've been there and like i re- sometimes i travel back to that place or i just like revel in what that felt like or what i'm currently feeling like a lot of these songs are things that i relate to currently you know mm-hmm. there's, there's something in me that like is experiencing that yeah. grow as we go is an amazing song because it's about some a relationship where someone in the relationship wants space and because they, they think that they need to grow on their own and they need to learn and they and the other person is holding them back and the other and, and the, he's coming from the perspective of the other person in the relationship which is like hey we can grow as we go together like yeah. i'm i'm here for you let's do this together and it's just so beautiful because like i think i need someone to tell me that when the time is right because because that's my problem is like i feel like i can't balance being in a relationship with like going on my own endeavors you know and it's like when it's right that person shouldn't isn't gonna hold you back that person's only gonna lift you up and i just like have yet to really experience that the cinematic orchestra lessons that instrumental music is just like just if that song was right after it i just think it would be like over like just stick me in a bathtub so i put that on there because i actually just listened to that album right before i put that on the playlist because cinematic orchestra has a big history with me i used to listen to them on every plane ride they used to like was narrate my plane rides for you yeah it, they it put me to sleep but also it's just like so atmospheric and it it's it there were things that i felt listening to cinematic orchestra that i never felt before i started listening to them early on in college mm-hmm. and like maybe even high school and um they were just doing something that i hadn't heard before you know a lot of it's instrumental some have like guest vocalists on it but it's just so beautiful like undeniably beautiful and so i knew they had released this ep and i hadn't listened to it yet so i finally did and i like i wanted to pick the instrumental one because i feel like that was like for me that's like what cinematic orchestra is yeah. is like this just like orchestral like lush story you know it's a kind of narrate how yeah it feels yeah you like kind of navigate person. through yeah. it like what what it, what does it mean to you you mm-hmm. can interpret it in your own way that's what i love about instrumentals is mm-hmm. that we're all listening to the same thing but we're all feeling something different yeah because there's no lyrics to tell us yeah how we're supposed to feel exactly i guess i never really thought about it that way but that's definitely what it is um i love that you put red eyes on it we were you were playing this song and i knew that it was war on drugs you just kept playing it one (laughs) who is this well simon told me about war on drugs he like sent me that album that song and then i was like oh my gosh this is really cool also i had no idea who fucking kurt vile was like i always thought kurt vile was like this like heavy rocker guitar guy because like i saw like billboards of him when he was like releasing bottle it in like his most recent record i also think he kind of looks like a 12 year old boy and i'm just like i was i just like never really checked him out i was like Mm -hmm. i don't know who this kurt vile guy is i kind of had this like preconceived like notion about him and then and then i listened to war on drugs and simon was telling me how Kurt Vile they're from Philly mm-hmm. or like they were I think they started in Lancaster but yeah. they lived in Philly and how I think Kurt still lives here or something in Northern and, Liberties he has a house oh wow still. okay and I was like I had no idea that Kurt Vile was in this band I had no idea who Kurt Vile was like I had a totally different I mean, I love, I mean, I really, really love the War on Drugs. I love their music. I have only listened to that one album, which is great. Um, I think you would like Kurt. Yeah. Well, I listened, and then I started listening to some of his solo stuff, and that guy listens to a shit ton of Tom Petty. Oh, yeah. So much Tom <laughs> Petty. And honestly, Tom Petty's another artist that I just recently checked out, because obviously I knew his hits. Yeah. But I, like, went on Spotify, and I just started listening to his music. I recognized, like, 15 of his songs without even knowing that it was Tom Petty. Oh, really? Yeah, and then I kept, like, listening further into his deep cuts, and I was just like i really Especially fucking dig this there's stuff be- that tom petty did on his own and stuff that he did with, with the, the heartbreakers, heartbreakers. Yeah. yeah he does listen to he has to listen oh my to. gosh and like and that's me like barely having listened to tom petty that's just it, it, you just hear it yeah. so like right from the fucking downbeat you know he has a really good interview with mark Marin that i listened to and who kurt vile yeah kurt vile does one of the songs that i didn't know i know that it's hard because like taylor and i live in a house together whenever we find new music we're both like did you listen to this shit yeah <laughs> you listen like it's it's a race of who listens to what first um but you put a deep fade in uh-huh. mexico this is like the funky disco song right yeah it sounds like hell on earth yes it's like musical fuckery is what it is musical fuckery yeah it's kind of reminds me of uh i don't know if you're you're probably not familiar but they're a band called knower and it's like 
people nerd out on this shit because musically it's so stimulating but there's so much going on that it's like you you almost feel like your whole body is gonna explode that's how deep fade is to me and uh so my connection with Deep Fade is they're actually a local, not local, but they're Chicago, uh, artists out of Chicago. Um, George uh, Onesem, I don't know how to say his last name, okay. but he's the main guy um, behind the project, and I'm playing a show with him in Chicago on the album release tour, and he's been really kind to me, and really, he basically, like, helped me get a gig, and, like, has been, like, really supportive from the get-go, and without having met him, it was pretty fucking cool. That's nice. To have someone, so like... believing in yeah, music exactly. you. Yeah, exactly. So, he just released this single, and I'm like, I'm gonna check it out, and it was just, like, I mean, the cover is, is exactly what the music sounds like. He's in all red, he's looking devilish as fuck, and he's got, like, yellow flames on either side of his head. What do you think would happen if... Deep Fade and Starship Mantis played a show together. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> That's literally what I... The love. world would explode. The world. <laughs> you also... Oh, we, sh- we should be there right now. Uh, Anderson Pac. Oh, it's making me a little sad, but that's okay. I know. We should be at Anderson Pack, but you put yada yada. This, Ventura is such a great fucking yeah, album. Yeah, it really is. I finally listened to it, like, last week. It, yeah, I mean, you have to be in the right headspace to listen to an album from front to back. And, like, you have to... Like, I wanted to be in a place where I felt like I was really... really in, Yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So, I finally finally got to that place, but... Because even with Ari Lennox's album, you, like, listened through it a couple times. I listened to Ari Lennox's album, like, three or four times before I had an opinion about it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I did, like, that you put Sharon Venn in on here 17 just because i didn't know that you actually liked her well linda's her. obsessed with her oh okay so i was turned on to her by from linda and she just released that album well not just but at the beginning uh, of the like, year yeah yeah so some of these songs that. aren't like fresh finds they're fresh finds for me you know yeah, like so, some of them are older great. um so yeah yeah i mean she's amazing uh you also put lion babe into me on here we were just looking at pictures of Lion Babe. She is. She's a Lion Babe. She is. That hair. Ugh. Yeah, I I I started listening to her recently. My one of my first roommate at Berkeley really liked her and turned me on to her. When I went to I went to Nashville um one Halloween after in like 2015 she was living there and we listened to lion babe like every time we were in our car driving around nashville and i really liked it but then i just like never listened to her again and then i uh i recently sent you didn't i recently send you a song you're like oh my god i love lion was that a different person maybe i don't know i just remember that i got home one day like a couple months ago and was like i just want to listen to lion babe and like i hadn't even like thought about her in years and she just happened to have released cosmic wind this new album Mm -hmm. and that yeah so before ari lennox's album dropped i basically have only been listening to cosmic wind to lion babe um yeah that song that whole album is a fucking vibe yeah, I don't think I actually listened to all of this album. Yeah, you need to listen to it because it's so good. And she's playing at uh, World Cafe Live on June 6th, and I got my ticket. Oh, shit, she is. I just saw that. And I'm seeing our Lennox in August, so FTLA. Woo woo. Yeah, you're a lucky ass bitch. Well, you saw Lizzo, so. I did see Lizzo at TLA, and it was an experience, <laughs> unlike anything other. She is my Beyonce. Mm-hmm. She is better than Beyonce. I don't give a fuck. I said it. Fight me. Uh, um, thank you for making a wonderful playlist. What is coming up? What's Taylor Kelly up to? So actually, I don't really have anything um, really booked. I'm sure something will come up, but the big day is August 2nd, the album release show at World Cafe Live. You're playing with Sophie Corin and, and Rachel, Rachel Andy. Mm-hmm. And then you're going on tour. Where are you hitting t- on tour? Well, we're going a little south, then a little up through the middle, and up north and around. So we're doing D.C., Raleigh, Charlotte, Nashville, Chicago, Detroit, Toronto, Montreal, and ending in my hometown of Rochester. Go big or go home. Mm. I will be playing a New York show, too. Hell yeah. Mm. And we can find all that information at taylorkellymusic.com? Yeah, I haven't posted any of the tour dates yet, but I'll, I'm announcing everything in, in June. So Everything's coming out in June? Mm-hmm. And we can find you on Instagram at, at taylorkellymusic. Sweet. Thank you. And listen to me on Spotify. Thank you, Taylor. Thank you. Love you. Love you.